And to Jesus be the glory today and the honor. It's going to be a great week. It's going to be a glorious week. Thank you for joining me. I really mean that with all my heart. I thank God for you. I pray you're going to have a glorious week this week where the Lord will meet all your needs and bless you big time. And God's people said, Amen. Listen, I have a special thing for you today and tomorrow. I was teaching a few days ago at BHI, and I was teaching on the covenants. And I want to share a part of my teaching with you on the Mosaic Covenant. This will thrill you, enrich your life in the spirit. You'll understand more about God and the covenant we have today with the Lord. It's really quite powerful. God Almighty declared in his word that there are seven covenants. Number one, the Adamic. Number two, Noahic. Number three, Abrahamic. Number four, Mosaic, through Moses. Number five, Davidic, King David. Number six, the New Covenant. And number seven, the Eternal Covenant. Now, the eternal, of course, should be first, of course, but just for our understanding, it's good I give it to you in this order. So I was just teaching on the mosaic and explain it because it's one of the most difficult covenants to understand. Even to this day, people are are still wondering about what does it mean and so on. So I'm going to take you right now to the class and then I'm going to come back and pray with you. Share this with your friends because this will bless a lot of people who are still trying to figure out how to be free in the Lord, you know? Because when you see what the Bible has to say about who we are in Jesus, who we are in Jesus, it will thrill you. So let's go now and listen to this wonderful teaching I just did with BHI. But let's pray first. Lord, I pray you'll speak to each heart be our teacher, blessed Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Watch and be blessed. I want to begin teaching on the Mosaic Covenant because I really have a lot of information for you tonight. So have your papers ready and so on, pens and papers. Because uh, I was going to teach on on baptism, but I really feel I need to kind of do that by itself because we're talking about the covenants and this uh, Mosaic covenant uh, is probably the most difficult one to explain and understand. So let's just pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you first for your word, your wonderful, wonderful word. To you be the praise, to you be the honor and glory. And Lord, I pray that you will help me present this beautiful teaching tonight and your people, Lord, to receive it with clarity that your power will touch each one of us, your anointing will enable us to see it, to understand it. In Jesus' name, and God's people said, Amen. Okay. Josh, you keep your mic on. Ali, let me see if I can hear you, gentlemen. Hi, dear Pastor Benny. Josh, please. Hi, dear Pastor Benny. Yes, hi, Pastor. And and Ali, can you 
Yes, hi, Pastor. Okay, because uh, the reason I want you on with me, you two gentlemen, is I'm going to begin teaching, and then I'm going to have some feedback just from the two of you that I think represent the whole class. Because, because the Mosaic Covenant is not easy to explain. Like, why did God give it to the children of Israel? Once you see that, it will really bless you. It will bring tremendous change in the way you see God. In a good way, I mean, the change will be very beautiful. You'll see something maybe you've not thought about before, about the Lord himself. So uh, that's why I prayed for, for, for God giving us clarity. The Mosaic Covenant, and like I said, you know, I'll teach on, on, on baptism another time that kind of fits in with the Abrahamic. But the Abrahamic, basically, I was done with it. So now we move on. The Mosaic Covenant was made with the chosen nation of Israel. And it was made after the exodus at Mount Sinai. And it was made to be a schoolmaster. Only a schoolmaster. To bring Israel to Christ Jesus. So the Mosaic Covenant probably is the most difficult of all covenants to comprehend. So, and we're going to look at that. We're we're going to see why God planned it so. What was his purpose to make it so difficult? And it was, and it is, even to this day, people question it. Remember that in the book of Acts, they were questioning it. People are still questioning it. And so let's ask a few questions that we need to answer. Number one, why was it given? Number two, did it cancel? Did the Mosaic cancel the Abrahamic? Three, how does the new covenant affect it? The covenant we're in, the new covenant. How does it affect the mosaic? And number four, is the mosaic in effect today? So, very important questions. Question number one, why was it given? Question number two, did the mosaic cancel the Abrahamic? Question number three, How does the new covenant affect the mosaic? And number four, is the mosaic still in effect? So these questions must be answered. Otherwise, no one will really understand the mosaic. So it's, it's really, it's extremely important we answer those questions. If you read the Bible, you will see in the early church, there was confusion about it. That's why they had a whole conference in Acts 15 to to discuss it. 
That's why Paul, the apostle, wrote the book of Galatians. That's why he fought the Judaizers who were trying to bring people under it, the Gentiles under it. And so in the early church, and even today, today, there is still much confusion that has arisen concerning the purpose, the purpose of this covenant. Like, what's the purpose for it? Now, let's begin with one question that has to be answered before we answer the others. With whom did God make it? With whom did God make it? So, the Adamic was made with Adam. The Noahic was made with Noah. The Abrahamic was made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob only. And their descendants who would benefit from it. The mosaic, who was it made with? Let's let's look at Deuteronomy chapter five. Answer that question. Well, in Deuteronomy chapter five, beginning at the verse one, all Israel is said to hear, O Israel, the statutes, the judgments which I speak in your ears this day, that you may learn them and keep and do them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb. Notice the words, the Lord our God made a covenant with us, meaning the nation of Israel in Horeb. The Lord, watch verse 3, the Lord made not this covenant with our fathers. He made not this covenant with Abraham. He didn't make it with Abraham. He didn't make it with Isaac. He, He did not make it with Jacob. The Lord did not make this, verse 3, very, very important. The Lord made not this covenant with our fathers, but with us, only us, even us. He repeats it twice. Who are all, who are all of us here alive this day? Mm. The Lord talked with you face to face in the mount out of the midst of fire. I stood between the Lord and you at that time to show you the word of the Lord. For ye, for you were afraid by reason of the fire and went not up into the mounts. So, so let's, let's, let's just kind of, let's get this answered. The mosaic was not made with Abraham. He wasn't a part of it. God did not make it with Isaac. God did not make it with with Jacob. Now remember, remember, keep in mind that the Abrahamic was made with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and their descendants, Jew and Gentile. So Abraham believed God. Isaac believed in God. 
Jacob believed in God. And we are told all those who believe are a part of the Abrahamic. So in the Abrahamic, God did not mention one thing about law. Not one time did he say the law. Not one curse in the Abrahamic. Not one curse. It was all about the blessings. Mm -hmm. Which I gave you, the ten blessings. The blessings. So, the mosaic was not made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Or anyone before them. Nor was it made with the church, Jew and Gentile, the church. So it stands like by itself. You've got to get this. This is really important. So, so basically, you cannot connect it to the Adamic, Noahic, Abrahamic, Davidic, New Covenant, or the everlasting. It's it it's kind of it's it's by itself, and that's why there's been a lot of questions like why is it even there? How many understand so far what I said? Wave at me. Okay. Because the Abrahamic, listen to me carefully, the Abrahamic contained all the promises that we need for life eternal. The Abrahamic contained, as did the Adamic and the Noahic, but the Abrahamic especially magnified the promise of life eternal. And salvation. Redemption. The Abrahamic, in fact, talked about the blessings of God on any individual who accepts it. And by faith, anyone who walks in by faith into that covenant called the Abrahamic was accepted. Now we see the mosaic. And the mosaic is not about faith. It's about works. Are you you getting that? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, the Adamic faith. Noahic faith. Abrahamic faith. Even the Davidic faith. New Testament faith. All the other covenants depend on faith, except this one. Mm. This one, you do, you live, you don't, you die. Why is it there? But let's understand why it's there. This is so important. We really get this. Because when we get it, it's it's going to liberate every one of you once you get this. Once you see it, grasp it. Because to this day, people are still entangled without even knowing it. They're still entangled in the mosaic. That's true. In the law. To this day. 
So, let's look at a number of scriptures that verify this covenant was only made with the nation of Israel, not the church. Not the church. Now let's go to Jeremiah. This is extremely important. Extremely important. So when you go to Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 31, we read, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day, God specifies when he made it, in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. So when he says fathers here, he doesn't mean Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He means those who came out of Egypt. which my covenant they break, although I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. Another covenant meaning. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts, write it in their hearts, will be their God, they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. So what a beautiful, beautiful promise. But he makes it very, very clear that the Mosaic covenant has an end. It will not continue forever. Look at me, all of you, very important. Adamic, forever. Noahic, forever. Abrahamic, forever. Mosaic, not forever. Davidic, forever. New Testament, forever. Eternal, forever. All the other covenants are forever, except this one. But why was it given? For me to answer that question, I need to explain a little more because you you can't just make a statement <clears throat> made for 2,000 years and nobody really gets it. But let's also look and put what we just read with Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 to verse 14. Wherefore, as by one man's sin, wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so, so death passed upon all men, for all men have sinned. Watch this. For until the law, until the law, sin was not, please hear this. For until the law, let me re-read re- it. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. That's a very difficult statement and a very important statement. Look at me, all of you. 
Adamic, Noahic, Abrahamic required faith. Only faith. Davidic, New Testament, eternal require only faith. Therefore, faith means grace. There was grace in the Adamic. There was grace in the Noahic. There was grace in the Abrahamic. It's grace when God says, Abraham believed me, and I'm going to make him, I'm going to declare him righteous. That's called grace. So grace, amazingly, was enforced in the preceding covenants. Grace did, did not begin when Jesus came to earth or when the Lord rose. Grace began with Adam. Very important you get that. There was no law. There was grace. Imagine God. Here's, watch this, watch this. God gives Adam dominion. Authority. And he blows it. He blows it, right? Not one time did, did Adam say, I'm sorry. Not one time did Adam say, Forgive my sin. Yet God still kept his promise. He didn't wipe him off the face of the earth. He came and covered him with blood. Meaning, I'm going to redeem you even though you blew it. That's called grace. How many get that? Put your hands up high. God did not require anything from Adam. He didn't say anything to him except believe in the blood. Believe my promise of redemption. That's all he said. There was no list of do's with Adam. Are you listening to all this, Jerry? It's really so powerful. There was no list of do's. Even though he blew it big time. God still came and said, All right. I'm going to still redeem you. And all I require from you, Adam, is faith that I will redeem you. And we, we see it in his son, Abel, when he offered the blood, that he understood that redemption is God's gift to them. So God accepted him. Nowhere... In Genesis, do we see any list of do's except one thing? Faith. Noah, same thing. Abraham, same thing. And all that God added with Noah, uh, with Abraham, was his oath. And what he added to the, to the Abrahamic, very clearly, was that the seed of Abraham, the seed meaning Jesus, would bless, would bless the world with, with redemption, salvation. <clears throat> so Adam believed, Noah believed, even, if, even though you know, Adam blew it all up, he still believed that he'll be redeemed. He disobeyed God big time, but he believed in the promise of, re of re redemption. 
So did Noah. So did Abraham. So God comes now to Israel and says, I'm going to make a separate covenant with you that I did not make with your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Because remember, everybody was included in the Abrahamic. The whole nation of Israel was already a part of that Abrahamic covenant. For God said, I'm going to bless your descendants. By, by the way, it's getting a little hot in here, Cherry. If you can just turn one of these air uh, conditioners on. So God said, I'm going to bless your descendants to, to Abraham. It's already there. Now, let's, let's put with Romans 5, with, with Romans 5, let's put John 1.17 together. Okay? So here it says, Wherefore as by one man's sin, just look at, at Romans 5 one more time so you can connect, connect it in, in your mind with, with 1 John. Wherefore as by one man's sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. For until the law... Sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Meaning there is forgiveness. Forgiveness was a part of the Adamic, Noahic, Abrahamic. There is forgiveness. Because sin is not imputed. You're going to get this. So when you put it together with John 1.17, this is really, really important, okay? Sorry, 7. 1 John 1, 7, If we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we, de- we deceive ourse- ourselves. The truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to, for- to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, this is the very, very tricky uh, portion here but we I, I think you will you will you will get it do you remember what it 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 says in the gospel of John chapter 1 verse 17 the law was given by Moses but grace and truth came by Jesus so when you look at this whole picture, it means forgiveness existed in the Adamic, existed Noahic, existed Abrahamic, because they were under faith and grace. Forgiveness did not exist in the Mosaic without sacrificial animals being killed. Now I'm gonna, you know, I don't want to confuse you here. This is why this is this can get a little confusing. That's where I'm gonna have Josh ask me a question now, and so, uh, dear Ali, okay, 
Now, Josh, listen carefully. Well, let me let me first before before I even go on. Uh, I want to say something. The mosaic was made 430 years after the Abrahamic. Let's look at Galatians quickly be, before I say anything and before I'm going to have dear Josh or Ali ask me a question because I'm going to say something. So look at Galatians 3, look at verse 14. It says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men. Though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth, meaning cancel, or added there to it. So once a covenant is made, nobody can add to it or take take away from it. Now to Abraham and his seed, while well, the promise is made, he saith not to seeds as of many, meaning the plurality of Israel, but as of one to thy seed, which is Christ. And this I say, the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul, cannot cancel, that it should make the promise of non effect. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more a promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. This is, this is what will revolutionize your life once you see it. Meaning that the Abrahamic is the foundation of salvation, not the Mosaic. The Abrahamic God already settled all that needs to be settled for our salvation. Faith and only faith. Abraham believed it was imputed for him as righteousness. It cannot be changed. So, why did Abraham, or even Adam before him, why did Adam, I'm, I'm about to shout, so you, 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 you have to sit and wait. Why did Adam, Abel, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob kill animals? What was the difference between what they did and what Israel did? A big difference. When Adam and Abel offered blood, it was declaring, I believe I'm redeemed. I declare my redemption. They saw the Redeemer. They saw redemption promised. Redemption promised. Grace! Redemption promised. Every sacrifice declared Jesus is coming. They saw the Lamb of God with every sacrifice. But Israel saw their sin with every sacrifice. Yeah, that's the difference. 
One lived by faith, another, like Israel, lived by work. They did not see the Messiah when they gave those animals. God did, Moses did, but Israel saw their failure. I'm a sinner, so I need to kill an animal so God can forgive me. While all the ones before knew, no, I don't need to kill an animal to find forgiveness. I'm already in. Redemption has been promised to me already. I'm waiting for it by faith. So Jesus said, Abraham saw my day. He saw my day, rejoiced. So why did they offer that, that blood? Because they saw the day coming. They saw the Messiah. Josh, are you getting this? Oh, my goodness. I'm getting it. I want to hear you. Oh, this is tremendous. Is it getting through to you? Yes, sir. Oh, yes. Well, there's a big difference between the the sacrificial offerings of Adam and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Noah before them and the ones Israel did. Mm -hmm. Big difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One was declaring faith and the other was declaring guilt and law. Yeah. Did you see what I'm saying? Yes. How many of you got that? Wave at me. Wave at me. So when when Adam or Abel or or and you know we don't have any record of Adam actually sacrificing sacrificing anything, but we do know by the act of Abel that he must have had for his son to do it. Because mm-hmm. how would how would Abel know to bring God the the blood of a sheep if if his father didn't do it or talk about it? Why why would God cover Adam? with skin, unless he was revealing to him, by revelation, the Messiah. Okay? So, when they offered animals, Adam, Abel, his descendants, Noah, and so on, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they were offering that by faith. They were saying to God, I believe in your redemptive plan. I believe your promise of redemption. In fact, Abel was a righteous man. So was he offering that animal because he was a sinner? How about Abraham? Isaac and Jacob, did they sin and bring animals so they can, oh God, accept me now, please. God was talking to them all the time. God spoke to them before they ever, they, they ever offered one animal. But not with Israel. Israel had to offer blood for God to even look at them. Mm. God called Abraham. God called Abraham before he ever offered one animal. Come out of your land to a land I'll show you. He already accepted Isaac and Jacob before they even had the chance to even know him. He blessed them when when they were little kids. Because the promise was there. So when it says sin was not imputed, meaning they had the, the grace to be forgiven. And it's talking about the saints. It's not talking about some, some heathens. Mm. Sin wasn't imputed under the, uh, with, without the law. It doesn't mean that everybody is justified. No, they had to see the Messiah to be justified. Uh-huh. How, many, how many got that part? Yeah.
Yeah. Can, can, I, can I say it again? Yeah. Please. Where it says that sin was not imputed because there was no law, it doesn't mean that, that Adam and everybody else who was wicked, after Adam, uh, Cain, and the rest of them, were all forgiven. It simply means those who saw the Messiah by faith. The righteous seed was accepted. They, they didn't have to go kill an animal to be accepted. They were already accepted. Now when the law came, the law brought a brand new order. Only to Israel. Only to Israel. Yeah. Only to the, those who came out of, of Egypt. Now, I want to say something. Why? Why? Why was the covenant given? But but actually, before I should answer why, let's answer when. And I already did, but maybe you didn't, you know, I didn't say it, so you didn't get it. When that covenant was given 430 years after, uh, sorry, 430 years after the Abrahamic. So when was it given? The mosaic was made 430 years after the Abrahamic. That's in Galatians 3, 14 to 18. Given to Israel after they left Egypt. And may I add, it was not in effect before it was not in effect before with anyone any no Adam, no no one, none of them even knew of it. It came into effect only when Israel came out of Egypt. Therefore, grace and faith were already in place. So, since grace and faith were in place... Let's answer the question, why then? Why did God give it? Why was it made? Am I, am I clear on all these things? Are you, are you following me? If yes. you are waved, so I would know. So, you know, I don't want to have to have anyone wonder what I'm talking about. Okay. So, why was it made? Two reasons. Number one. As the Jewish people or the Israelites, Abraham's natural seed were multiplying in Egypt in Egypt they forsook the Lord they worshipped idols they failed in their covenantal relationship that was founded in the Abrahamic they found themselves in bondage. Let me repeat. The the Israelites, so Isaac, now Jacob, now the sons of Jacob, we don't even hear about the Mosaic, not with one of them. The Mosaic wasn't mentioned to Reuben or Shem, 
Simeon or Levi or any, uh, any of the sons of Jacob. Now they get to, because they were all under the Abrahamic, remember that. Mm-hmm. They were all under the Abrahamic. You, you really got to get this. All the saints before Israel came out of Egypt, all the saints from Adam to the last saint was under grace and faith, including the sons of Jacob. They came under the Abrahamic, even the children of Reuben and the children of Simeon and the children of Levi and the children of Judah. They they all came under the promise of the Abrahamic. Now, 70 people, 70 of them, go down to Egypt. They are still under the Abrahamic, including Joseph. But while they're in Egypt, they start to multiply. And what do they do? They walk away from the Abrahamic. They walk away from God. And for 400 years, they worship devils. Did you hear me right now? Okay. Let's go to Joshua 24. I'm going to show it to you. Joshua 24, 14. And then we're going to look at Ezekiel. Now watch this. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And watch this. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Joshua tells them, put away the gods you have served in Egypt. Put them away. Ezekiel 20. Ezekiel 20. I'm getting blessed just thinking about this. Verse 5 through 9. God says to, to Ezekiel, now say to them, thus says the Lord God. In the day when I chose Israel and lifted up my hand unto the seed of the house of Jacob and, ma- and made myself known to them in the land of Egypt, when I lifted up my hand unto them, saying, I'm the Lord your God, in the day that I lifted up my hand unto them to bring them forth of the land of Egypt into a land that I espied for them, flowing with milk and honey, which is the the glory of all lands. Then said I unto them, Cast ye away every man the abominations or the gods of his eyes. Defile not yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. But they rebelled against me and would not hearken to me. They did not every man cast away the abominations abominations of their eyes, neither did they forsake the idols of Egypt. Then I said, I will pour out my fury on them to accomplish my anger against them in the middle of the land of Egypt. God wanted to destroy them while they were in Egypt because they forsook him. They were worshiping devils. But verse 9, but I wrought for my name's sake 
that it should not be polluted before the heathen among whom they were, in whose sight I made myself known to them, in bringing them forth out of the land of Egypt. So he brings them out of Egypt, and then he shows them his judgments, and they kept worshiping devils, even in the wilderness. You keep reading that chapter, it's all there. But let's just focus on one thing here. Why did God not destroy them? Not because, not because of anything except one thing. The covenant with Abraham kept them alive. The covenant with Abraham kept them alive. Meaning, God could not cancel the covenant with Abraham just because Israel was worshipping devils in Egypt and after they left Egypt. Don't you remember what happened when Moses said, Lord, sorry, when, when, when God said, I'm going to destroy them all? And, and Moses said, you can't do it. Don't forget what you said to Abraham. Don't forget what you said to Abraham. God was bound to the Abrahamic because he made an oath to the Abrahamic. Had God destroyed Israel in the Sinai desert, he would have been breaking his covenant with Abraham. The Abrahamic kept them alive. Are you getting all this? Huh? In other words, the Abrahamic, which all it required was faith, was still intact. Was still intact. Now they go to Egypt. They multiply in Egypt. They all become devil worshippers. Every one of them. God, bring, you read that chapter later. We will look at it later again. When you read that chapter, it's going to blow your mind because God says, listen, you kept worshiping devils even when you came into the, the promised land. You, you did not stop worshiping devils. They did to the last day. That's why they were sent to Assyria and Babylon at the end. But why did God keep his word to them? Not because they were holy people. Because of the Abrahamic covenant. It's incredible, the power of the Abrahamic. So now, watch this. This is incredible. This part is going to really bless you up. Bless you big, big time. Now, God called Moses in order to fulfill the Abrahamic. And bring them out of Egypt. The reason they came out of Egypt is not because God made the promise to them. He made the promise to Abraham. Mm. Yeah. Don't you remember in, in Genesis 15, he said, I'm going to bring them out. They're going to go in and come out. God didn't bring them out because they were in bondage, which they were. God brought them out because he promised Abraham he would. And why did he promise Abraham he would? Because Abraham was a man of faith. So all their idol worship and devil worship didn't change God's promise to Abraham. God was looking for a people who would believe in him, but they believed in their devils instead, in their idols instead, in their gods of Egypt and gods 
later of Canaan and all the other gods they, they collected on every street and every corner and every mountain and hill. It's all over your Bible. They, they put gods in the temple. They put a god and gods in the holy place in the temple. You know, the Bible talks about how Josiah brought the ark back into the Holy of Holies. Right before their captivity, King Josiah in Second Chronicles said, bring the ark back. Somehow, the ark was removed out of the Holy of Holies for one reason. They put an idol in place, in, in its place. Why would Josiah say, bring it back? Are you hearing that, Chad? If you read your Bibles, you will see how King Josiah, who was a righteous king, the last righteous king of Judah, said, bring the ark back. We need the ark back in the Holy of Holies. Because they took it out. Why would they take it out? Because they put something else in its place. Mm-hmm. They worshipped devils in the Holy of Holies. Get that in your head. But it did not change the promise to Abraham. Mm. And Jesus came to fulfill the Abrahamic. So why the mosaic? The mosaic... Well, let me just say, before I answer that question fully. So now God calls Moses... He says, go bring him out to fulfill the Abrahamic. They come out because of the Abrahamic. Even though they've been living in rebellion. Because the Abrahamic was confirmed with an oath. It could not be broken anyways. Now why else did God give the Mosaic? Here's the second reason. Now remember, I just asked, why was it made? Why did God make the the covenant with Moses? Why the mosaic? Because Abraham's seed began to multiply. So God, to keep the promise to Abraham, brought them out. Now second, God gave the Abrahamic to reveal his redemptive plan to Israel, but Israel failed in receiving the Abrahamic. And because they failed in receiving the Abrahamic and began to worship devils while in Egypt, God brought them into his courtroom. They were brought to court for breaking the Abrahamic. God took them to court. What what happens when someone breaks a covenant? They are punished in court. So the mosaic was trial time. For God to be to be just, He had to try them, put them on trial. The mosaic was the trial that they failed the Abrahamic. He brought them into his courtroom called the Mosaic because the courtroom was full of judgments, not grace. That's right. 
He brings them into court to show them the imp- how impossible it will be for them to accomplish it by themselves, to force them back into faith and grace that Adam had and Noah had and Abraham had. Praise God. Did you hear what I just said? So, the Mosaic covenant is court time. Judgment time. You're going to go to court now for breaking the Abrahamic. They are still in court. Mm-hmm. That court is still going, going on. And they're not getting it, are they? They're blinded. God said from the start, all I require is faith. But instead, they worship devils. So God says, I'm taking you to court. I'm going to force you back into faith. I'm going to force you back into grace. That's why Paul called that schoolmaster to prove to them, hey boys, you're not going to make it. You can't obey it. Mm. So, mm. We, we have to answer something very, very powerful here. Why did God give it? To force them back into faith. Yes. To force them back into grace, like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I pray you are blessed listening to the word of God. Now, this is only part one. We continue with part two tomorrow. You see why now, or you're beginning to see why God Almighty established the Mosaic Covenant. Because the children of Israel rebelled against the Lord while still in Egypt. They forgot the Lord and he had to reintroduce them to faith. So it's so powerful that God Almighty has given us faith to be accepted in his presence. Adam walked by faith. Noah walked by faith. Abraham walked by faith. David walked by faith. We are to walk by faith. Yet the children of Israel, when they were in Egypt, did not walk by faith. And then God had to give them, had to give them the law, the Mosaic law, and the covenant to bring them to faith. So there's a lot more that you really will be blessed by tomorrow. Make sure to share this with your friends for part two tomorrow. Lord, I pray that this teaching, let us believe, this teaching, Lord, will so enrich your people, will so bless their walk with you, that you'll bring them into a new place, a new place in you, Lord, a victory, a victory and liberty in Jesus' wonderful name. And God's people said, Amen. All right, now it's time to give to the Lord's work. Remember, by giving, we receive. By sowing, we reap. And the Bible also says, if you are fed spiritual blessings and truth and revelations that change your life, then it is your duty and our duty, all of us, to give to the Lord's work of our money. Because, you know, the gospel is free. But the way to deliver the gospel is quite expensive. 
think about all we have to do and the equipment we have to have and on and on. So as you give though, the Lord will bless you. There is no way we can receive from God until we give to God. No farmer can reap until he sows. So sowing is the key to reaping. And if you want God to bless you financially, if you are facing a difficult moment in your life today financially where you're wondering, where will I get the money to pay my my bills? Give a portion to the Lord. Just a portion, as much as you can. Give a portion to the Lord by faith. Wrap it with faith. That's the only way you'll see the blessings. Wrap it with faith and expectation. And say, Lord, I have a need. You promised in your word to meet my need. I'm sowing in faith. I'm sowing according to your word. In expectation, I will receive my harvest, my financial harvest. And God will do it. I've been a Christian nearly 50 years. It'll be 50 years in February of 2022. So think about someone like me. I've had to learn that the hard way. I can look back and tell you every need I've had. And I've had bigger needs financially than you'll ever have in your life, believe me, because of the ministry. But God met every one of them miraculously every single time. He'll do it for you. I promise you, he will never fail you. He never has. So trust him today with your finance. Father, in Jesus' name, as they give, bless them, reward them, bless them abundantly in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you can give now on the platform you're watching me on or just go to our website, benihin.org or simply text BHM45777 and God will do the rest. Watch this. All right? He'll do it, I promise you. He'll do it. You'll, You'll see it happen. All right, now listen. Join me tomorrow for part two of this wonderful needed teaching on the covenants. I'll see you then and tell your friends about it and share it with your friends. Bye-bye.